Let's uh, begin reading here in uh, verse 23 to start. We'll read 23 to 25. Exodus chapter 15, verse 23 uh, reads, When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah because they were bitter. Therefore it was named Marah, or bitter. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the water. And the water became sweet. And the Lord made for them a statute and an ordinance there where he tested them. Uh, Let me uh, just uh, begin here by uh, pointing out that this is the first event uh, after the Exodus. Uh, They have come out of Egypt. Uh, Pharaoh had kept them in bondage for hundreds of years. And uh, the deliverance from this awful slavery was so wonderful, they've been singing about it in chapter 15 of Chapter 15, verse 1 says, Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord for he triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider he's thrown into the sea. So this whole chapter up to verse 21 is a song of deliverance. It's a celebration. And all of the people are singing according to chapter 15, uh, verse 1. Moses and the people of Israel sang. And it goes all the way up. uh, In verse 20, it says, Miriam uh, took a tambourine, and all the women went after her with tambourines, and they were dancing. And they all, uh, just an incredible uh, celebration of song and dancing and uh, instruments and happiness, and then you get to verse 22. Uh, Three days in the wilderness, three days later, they can't find water, and um, they begin to grumble. In fact, they grumble so much it scares Moses, and he cries to God in verse 25. And, and God showed him a tree to throw into the water. It's a common problem for a Christian to have a great experience with God and then go almost as low as they were high. I want to talk to you about how to handle a low in your spiritual life. Um. Where did God go here? I mean, they've just been celebrating and dancing and singing. Happy. What happened to the victory? Where's the celebration now? Well, um, I was watching a movie some time ago, and uh, and I don't actually remember it. It's long, long enough ago that I don't remember what the movie was. But I remember that it was at a point 
that was important to the story. I wouldn't say I was on the edge of my seat, but it was interesting. And then all of a sudden, the TV goes into test mode. This is a test. And then it's, you know, and uh, and then it comes on after a, a, a minute or so and says, if this had been an actual emergency, you would have been, and it explains to you what you were supposed to do. Well, then he goes back to the movie, and I have no clue what's going on now. My movie was interrupted by a test. Um, look at verse 25. He cried to the Lord. The Lord showed him a tree. He threw it in the water. The water became sweet. There the Lord made a statute and an ordinance, for there he tested them. Uh, God will grow your faith at the expense of your happiness. Amen? Well, amen or not, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll experience it. A low is a test. In fact, this is the first test they come across after they have been saved. Remember how they put the blood on the door and they marched through the Red Sea and they come out on the other side and the uh, Egyptian soldiers tried to pursue them through the Red Sea but the waters closed in on them and every single soldier was killed? What a victory. And they sang about it and pranced around as, they, as the Red Sea waters washed some of the soldiers' uh, uh, weaponry up on the shoreline. Different story three days later. You ever had a really great spiritual experience on a Sunday and then by Wednesday you're backslid? Isn't it amazing how quickly we can go down? And sometimes people around us don't help. Uh, it looks like the only person with faith here is Moses. It says the people grumbled. They were all in this. I read some time ago um, that this is a study that was done at Harvard. Uh, they followed 5,000 people over a period of 20 years uh, studying the moods, studying moods of people. And uh, they, one of the conclusions was that someone's mood can affect you for up to one year. If you run into some person that's in a really bad mood, it can affect you as long as a year, 12 months later. We, you know, we need to be careful about who we spend time with. If the only people we spend time with are negative, critical, complaining, grumbling people, I think we're in trouble on that spiritually. I don't know how you, how that the environment of unbelief, the little flower of fragile faith can grow in that. And in the, the news networks. And let me tell you something. Somebody said, uh, he's quit watching DNN. 
defeated news network. <laughs> you have to be careful about all the negative news that's out there. And some of the uh, conservative programs are just as bad, if not worse. Can I get a witness? I mean, everybody's going to hell in a handbasket. The government's corrupt. There's no future. The economy's going to crash next week. And everything is just a shadow over it. So, where's God in all this? Notice here, Moses cried to the Lord. And verse 25, it says, The Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it in the water, and the waters became sweet. Now here's what I think God wants us to remember. Because this became, according to verse 25, it became a statute and an ordinance. That is, it became something he wanted the people to be reminded of again and again and again. This is a statute. I want this repeated. I want this written down. I want this spoken about. What's, what does he want us to remember? It's this, that God can make bitter waters sweet. He can take something bad and transform it into something good. Bitter waters can be made sweet, whether it's in your job or in your marriage or in your health or in your school or in your church or in your neighborhood. Whatever it is, God can take that that thing that has just robbed you of joy and dancing and celebration, that thing can be turned into something that's sweet to you. That's the, that's the statute and the ordinance. And let me give you three uh, points here on this. That he, things he wants us to remember. First of all, he wants us to remember that God already knows what to do when you're in a crisis. Um, notice again verse 25. He cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. So here they are. I mean, it is a crisis. Three days, and the children are probably crying, and you can imagine the need for water. The Lord already knows what to do. He showed him a tree. He said, take the tree, put it in the water. It'll be sweet. Now, some have said that what that that the properties of that tree, the chemical reactions of some particular tree unique to that area, when it was put into that toxic water, that it caused a chemical reaction and turned it into sweet water. I don't know. Others have said, well, it's just a miracle. Well, either way, it's a miracle to me that God turned bitter waters into sweet waters. And the way he did it is he showed Moses what to do. So here's the point. The Lord already knows what he's going to do. This is a test. That's what he says in verse 25. So that you will look to him, he will show you what to do, and it will be a testimony to you from then on. Listen to John chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. Have you, uh, you know this story? John, uh, Jesus 
feeding the 5,000, the great multitude comes to him. And he sees these thousands of people. He turns to Philip. Philip, how are we going to feed all these people? Philip says, Lord, I don't... Even a half of a year's wage wouldn't come close to feeding this number of people. And here's what the Lord said, uh, uh, what the verse says, John 6, verse 6. He said this to him to test him, for he already knew what he was going to do. (laughs) Now, so I want to tell you, when you come to to a place in life where you have no clue what to do, this is bitter waters. I want you to know God already knows what you need to do. He knows and He'll show you something. He'll show you a solution. Cry out to Him and it'll become a statute and an ordinance. It'll become a testimony. It's a test for you. Just just say, okay, Lord, I, I do not know what to do, but I know you do. Secondly, remember God already knows what to do. Then secondly, remember that God is teaching you about Himself. Look at verse 26. Uh, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, give ear to His commandments, keep His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Now, why does he say that? Why is verse 26 included in that? Because here's the, here's the problem with the people of Israel. when They've just come out of Egypt. The only God they had known was a God who sent ten plagues on Egypt. This is a God who plagues people. And God wants them to know He is a God who can heal and bless and bring sweetness as well as judgment. How would they know that? The only way they can know that is that they come across this situation, this condition, and he says, I want you to know who I am. I want you to know I'm a God who heals you as well as plagues. (laughs) Every crisis in life is a classroom by which he will teach you something new about himself. Every crisis in life is a classroom by which God will reveal something new about himself. So he wants them to know something about him that they never knew to this point. Then here's a third thing. Remember that we go through things, that blessing lies in going forward. Just keep going. Because God has us pass through things. He doesn't have us dwell in them. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Notice that. I will walk, though I walk through the valley. Not though I live in the valley of the shadow. No, though I walk through. Sometimes we walk through, but keep walking. How do you get through? Just keep going. Look at verse 27. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. 
12 springs of water. Why do you think there was 12? 12 tribes. Every tribe had their own particular fountain. And then they had 70 palm trees. What's that for? Well, Exodus 24.1 says that there were 70 elders in Israel. And an elder, what he would do is he would, he would make decisions for the group, the particular clan, and he would sit under this palm tree and make these decisions. So the people of God had their own fountain. Each tribe had their own fountain. And when they had controversies they couldn't resolve, they'd go to the elders, and each elder had a palm tree so they didn't have to stand out in the sun and get their, get their controversy heard and their judgment made. I mean, God totally provided how did they get to these fountains and these palm trees? By going straight ahead. Palm springs. That's where you, that's what you have right here in verse 27. How do you get to Palm Springs? Just keep going. Aim in the right direction and keep going. Have you ever had God take you through a low time and and then you did get through it and on the other side you look back and you think, you know, God got me through that and I didn't handle it very well. What God wants us to do is get through things in such a way that we're not embarrassed in His presence on the other side. Don't you reckon some of these people, when they got through, they were all grumbling and all of a sudden they got sweet waters and God had provided for them and then they just a few days later they, they arrived at this wonderful oasis and they're sitting there and they're thinking, you know, boy, God really got us through that. I'm kind of embarrassed at the way I acted. You think maybe I'm, some of them said that? Yeah. What God wants us to remember is that's why He made it an ordinance. Remember how you acted? Remember how I came through for you? So that when you go in through this kind of time again, you won't act the same way, but you'll look to me and trust me. A lady who I read about recently, and I, it was in the news, so I'm assuming it's a true story. You know, I mean, it's in the paper. It's got to be true. Um, she was afraid of being shot. Just a fear she had. One day she went to the grocery store and she had her groceries and she put uh, all the bags in the back seat, closed the door, got in the front seat, started to crank the car, and all of a sudden she heard this pop and then something hit the back of her head. And she said, oh Lord, I've been shot. And she reached back to feel it and there was this slick ooze soft tissue substance. And she thought, it's been shot in the head and my brains are coming out the back of my head. And she just held her hand there because she felt she thought she's holding in her brains. And a guy came by, said, ma'am, are you all right? She said, I've been shot and I'm holding in my brains. And he called the police, and the police came, and they looked. They said, ma'am, would you open the door, please? 
And she said, I can't. I'm holding in my brains. I've been shot. And the policeman said, well, unless your brains are made out of Pillsbury dough mix, you need to open the door. What had happened was this can of pill of biscuit dough had popped out and hit her in the back of the head, and it felt, I guess, like brains. And she was holding on to this dough on the back of her neck. And I, I'm assuming now that after it was all over, she thought, boy, did I look stupid. And that, I think some of these people probably felt the same way. Moses, you brought us out here to die. I mean, how does grumbling sound? God, yes, God got us through the Red Sea. Yes, God destroyed the entire Egyptian army. Yes, God did this and God did that. But this is different. We need water now. If God can take care of Pharaoh, God can provide water. If God can provide water, in the next chapter they need bread. They grumbled again. God gave them bread. God wants you to know that he is not just a God who can take care of Pharaoh. He's a God who can provide water. He can provide bread. He can provide water a second time. He can provide bread every day if he has to. This is a God that has no limits, and you need to get your hopes up. You need to have a stronger faith. And you need to quit grumbling. And you need to look to him and say, Lord, I'm in the wilderness but I have you with me. I'd rather be with you in the wilderness as by myself in an oasis. This is what he teaches us. Remember, God already knows what to do. Remember, he's teaching you something about himself that you didn't know before. And remember that when we go through things, he teaches us that blessing lies in going forward. Don't camp. Keep going. Keep walking with Him. And you'll come to Palm Springs. Amen.